Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Passion and Purpose podcast. We're about to jump into two episodes that were recorded for Antioch Indies Young Adults podcast. The content was so good, we had to share it with you here. We hope these conversations between Jimmy Cyber and Andrew Zanako help you to live the life that God has called us to. Again, thank you for joining us for today's episode. Let's jump in. I'm really excited to sit down with you today, Jimmy. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks, man. It's great to be here. How are you liking Indianapolis? Uh, it's the Meat Locker Month yes. here in Indianapolis. Yes. And uh, I have family from this area, so very yes. used to it. Love being here. Great city, great people. Yes, it is cold today, and it is cold up here in the studio today <laughs> for sure as well. Uh, so Jimmy uh, lives in Waco, Texas. He is the founder and leader of the Antioch Movement of Churches. Uh, so we'll, we'll kind of go into that Um and if, you, if you've been listening to the podcast, uh, we've had a lot of leaders of organizations, and I'm, I'm excited to talk to you, just what you've learned about organizational leadership and personal mm-hmm. things along the way. But a big part of what you've done for the last 30 years is invest in and mm-hmm. mentor young adults from college, yeah. young adults, and that's been a huge part of what you do. So yeah. you started, um, we'll just do some context stuff yeah. and then we'll kind of just want to introduce yeah. you to everybody. So we'll, you were a, a college pastor for a while, then planted right. a church out of that, that church. Now out of that church, there's now how many churches in the States? 38? Uh, in the States, now there's 45. Oh, 45. Yeah. I'm way behind. Yeah, you are. Yeah. Man. Wow. 45 <laughs> churches in the U.S. And then how many teams are on the world? Uh, there's 90 right now. There'll be 100 by the end of next year. And about how many countries? 45 countries. Awesome. Awesome. So that's all come from the kind of Antioch movement that, right. that as we call it, uh, network of churches. So really, really fun to be a part of it personally here in, in my role in our church. Um, but just excited to, to talk about that. So um, kind of getting into questions for you now. Yeah, great. Um, you know, as we'll, let's just I want to start with kind of a big question and then maybe we'll, we'll rewind to some background on you even. But sure. you've been leading, mentoring, investing in, developing young adults mm-hmm. for 30-something yeah, years. years, yeah. First thing that comes to your mind on how what, on a key that you've seen that has helped people develop into the adults that they're called to be and yeah. the difference between them and people who have maybe gotten derailed by things along the way. Yeah, you know, uh, all of life comes down to personal ownership. Mm. Right, there, there has to be a point where I'm taking responsibility for my own life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was listening to someone the other day, not not even a, uh, they're not a believer, mm-hmm. but they they were talking about their past and all the brokenness of their past, and they said, I've just decided that I'm not going to let my parents shape my future. And they were talking about the pain of their past. Right. Or I'm not going to let my rejection experiences kind of, uh, determine my future, and I know we're jumping in pretty deep and, I love it. And, and heavy here. But, but that that point where you say, "Hey, God made me. God has a plan for my life. I need to take responsibility and ownership for that." Is the turning point for whatever uh, life has for you, whether that's hey. Um, what, where do I need to work and how do I need to make a living to what am I gifted to do to who are the relationships I choose to, hey, am I making poor choices or good choices? Right. In the end, 
uh, no matter what anybody thinks, God created us with a will. And where you direct that will is begins to determine your future in your life. And so as soon as somebody can kind of wake up to that mm-hmm. uh, is when things start shifting for good. Yes. And, and you start leaving kind of all the youthfulness behind that really is not that helpful. Yes. That's so good. Okay, I love that you brought that up, and and it is big and deep, but it's we want to add value to people. We're not, yeah, we're not trying to waste anybody's absolutely. time. So I think that's so powerful. So I want to dig into that. I think that goes perfectly into just some of your own background. Yeah, knowing a lot of your story, you know, obviously, you know, you being a, a pastor and leader, right. me being a pastor and leader, people yeah. just assume that you're you come from a different cloth, uh, <laughs> you know, and like right, everything's sure. been perfect, and so here we are. Sure. Uh, that personal ownership thing, just knowing you and knowing mm-hmm. your background. I mean, that's a massive, that, that it's not just a theory you're spouting. Yeah. That's also uh, the, the, the story of your life yeah. is being somebody who learned, grew into personal responsibility and sure. really making a lot of decisions along the way right. to not let the past decide the future Absolutely. for you. So yeah. let's just go into your life a yeah. little bit. Where'd let's you come from? A little bit yeah. of family background, you know, even yeah. just the sure. basics of the home you grew up in, sure. mom, dad, siblings, what was it like? Sure. Um, so just for a little bit of context, I, I grew up in Texas, a place called Beaumont, Texas, which is kind of where all the oil refinery are, refineries are down near Houston. But my family was all from the East Coast. So we kind of had a, uh, I always said my mom was an East Coast English teacher that wouldn't allow us to say ain't mm-hmm. and fixin' and kind of all the local Southeast Texas stuff. So I grew up in a kind of both worlds, right? Uh, but the bigger thing for all of us was we had a very dysfunctional home. My mom's uh, dad left during the Great Depression. She was left as a seven-year-old to take care of her two younger siblings. Her mom worked three jobs. She had rejection and bitterness and met my dad hoping to get out of all that. And you know, the past just follows you. Mm. And the way I want I like to say it is this, is you know, I finally began to understand my mom hurt us just because she was hurt. Mm. She just never resolved the pain of her life. And so it just came out in every direction. So it was a wild place living at our house and a little bit crazy. But the big turning point was uh, when someone, when I began to, uh, in high school, began to ask this simple question, I wonder if God's real. Just in the middle of my own stuff, Mm -hmm. and you know, I played sports and did okay academically, and I had a lot of external props, if you will. We had this crazy home life, and so I was both deep in pain but wouldn't have recognized it and also trying to make a way by what i did externally Mm -hmm. but when i started to pray that prayer god eventually brought somebody in my life to tell me about jesus to hear about the gospel and the the when i understood it i realized i need jesus i'm actually made for jesus Mm -hmm. i don't know if i'd have put the exact words for it but when i prayed that simple prayer to say jesus i give you my life i need you forgive me of my sins, because it wasn't a matter of whether I was a sinner. I was basically an alcoholic at the time, even in high school. Uh, But when I prayed that prayer for the first time in my life, I realized I wasn't alone. And man, when people say, how do you explain a relationship with God? Mm -hmm. I said, when I confessed my sins and called on Jesus, he came into my life in a way that I was not alone. Mm Mm-hmm. Woo, that was yeah. huge, yeah. man. So that began to, then, then, then I said, all right, so how do I live? And I remember going to this big frat party at the University of Texas uh, the next year, trying to decide, do I go to 
the University of Texas or not, or do I go to Baylor, uh, another university in the state? And I'm standing on the back of this frat house at 3 a.m. And, and I'm looking around and people are blasted and out in the yard and you know running off to the rooms and all that. And I'm standing on the back porch and I feel like the first time God spoke to me, like I could tell you, I, and by not mean an audible voice, but I just knew God was trying to tell me something. And I'm standing there and he said, look around. He said, if you go here, this will be your life. If you go to Baylor, I'll change your life. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make Baylor more righteous than right. the University of Texas. All it means is it was at one of those points where I decided I'm going to let God lead my life instead of me lead my own life. The, 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 the destiny going one direction was already set. My mm-hmm. friends, the people I hung out with, what I did was go in the direction that ultimately could destroy my life, but God was offering me an out. Mm-hmm. That's what I find all the time. God's always offering us an out. Yeah. Uh, there's this scripture that says, "No temptation has overtaken us, but which is common to man." But God will plan a way of escape. Right. If you want it. Yep. So wherever you are in life, you can just say, "God, I want to escape," mm. and He begins to open doors or give options. So, so that was a big determiner. I'll just share one more piece. Uh, a, a story that I think was a big determiner. So that was again. Remember, I talked about choices. So I chose to pray yeah. this prayer, mm-hmm. found God to be real. I chose to walk away from partying, not just because it was bad, but because God was offering me another choice. Mm-hmm. And I went with the, this choice. And then I get to Baylor, and God begins to do good things and, and begin to learn a lot and all that good stuff. But what really happened was I realized that the biggest shadow in my life was mom. Mm. All of us were bitter at her. She had abused mm. us physically, would be out of control, do crazy stuff. And, um, and I remember reading through the scriptures and Jesus saying that we're to forgive even our enemies. And if you don't forgive, I, he says, I won't forgive you. That doesn't mean that we can't be saved from our sins. It just means it blocks the grace of God. If Jesus forgave us, we right. must forgive others so that there's no block in our walk with God and walk with other people. And I realized that literally, like, I had a picture in my mind of like a cord holding me and mom together. And my own bitterness was holding me captive to my own anger and frustrations and struggles. And I needed to cut that cord. Mm-hmm. So I remember going to her and saying, Mom, I want you to forgive me. Not, And I didn't tell her all the bad stuff she had done. I asked her to forgive me for the times I had said, I hated you. I want yeah. nothing to do with you. You ruined my life. All those terrible things that you say as a kid or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, and I asked her to forgive me. She is just crying uncontrollably. And she's saying... Uh, in and out of her tears, I thought you'd always hate me. Wow. I thought you'd always hate me. I didn't want to be that person. Mm. And so I go back to my room after talking to her and having this emotional experience. And I'm saying, wow, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for revealing this to me. And thank you for this moment. And I remembered back to being an eight-year-old kid. And mom had gone crazy, slapped me around, and really thrown me against the wall. And I'm there in a heap on the side of the wall crying. And I'm saying as an eight-year-old kid, I'm having this memory. I, and, yeah. and I'm saying, God, help me. God, help me. And my mom comes by and said, God's not going to help you or anybody else. You deserve everything you get. And God spoke to me and he said, I heard that eight-year-old, boy, eight-year-old boy's cry. Wow. And I've answered it today. Wow. 
Isn't that powerful? Wow, wow, wow. That forgiveness sets not only mom free for whatever God wanted to do in her life, but it sets me free to actually enact God's plan for my life. Yes. So back to kind of this choice thing, mm-hmm. right? Everybody's going to choose to forgive or remain bitter, mm-hmm. but remember, bitterness never gets you to your destiny. Yes. Even if you don't acknowledge Jesus as Lord, if you don't even acknowledge God, right? Uh, ask Nelson Mandela. Now he was a follower of right. Jesus, but but if you look throughout history, Gandhi, a yeah. for, forgiveness has power on it as does unforgiveness. Mm -hmm. And so back to taking ownership for our lives. As a young adult, and especially in today's environment, there's real pain that needs to be communicated, there's real issues that need to be talked about. But in the end, if you do not forgive whoever it is that's wronged you, or you perceive that's wronged you, you remain bitter. If you remain the victim, you will eventually become a victimizer. Right. It's, it's, it's just the nature of life. That's why Martin Luther King was so adamant about uh, uh, the pa- passivity in the sense of not violence, not on violence, but humility, forgiveness, let their anger be revealed and it will destroy them. It was, it was pragmatic, even right. as it was uh, a conviction of his own beliefs biblically yes. and his own love for God. Um, and, and people say, you know, where are you on all the issues? I said, I'm an MLK guy because he believed in forgiveness and humility as the tool to reveal somebody else's brokenness. Because when you start acting like them, you become like them. Yeah. Lot there. Yes. But yeah. Let me pause. That's what I mean when I say take ownership <laughs> yeah, for your life. No, yeah. I, I, I love it. I mean, I think there's so, there's so much there and there's, there's so much there that that every single person can relate to. I mean, just just the broad idea of not letting the past determine the future. Absolutely, I think everybody can resonate that, even if you can't put language to why yeah. I resonate with that. But I right. do because we all we all understand what that means. And I think something that you're hitting on is so powerful and so um, so impactful to really everybody's life. I mean, it, is, it sounds so elementary, but we'll just connect the dots here. It's like where you where you came from matters yes the, the house you grew yeah, up in the absolutely. people who were weren't there like it it, it does impact yes. you but it doesn't necessarily have to define you yes. even though it it is significant yeah as far as part being part of who you are so i think that you know we talk about something like forgiveness don't right. let the past determine your future and right. so much of that sounds so good because it is true and sure. so I'm, I'm hungry for that and at the same time it's hard to connect the dots practically and let that not just be like a good instagrammable motivational sure thing hard along to do, with all, exactly yeah. so i love the example you gave of going going to your mom and and i think what was so powerful about what you shared was that image of the the kind of the rope connecting you yeah and your mom right forgiveness is so hard because ultimately you're, you're letting people off the hook yeah for things that were legitimately wrong absolutely and that's hard and yeah. scary one because it hurt sure but there's also the justice side of you absolutely. that's like this needs to be made right yeah. and and stuff like that so I, i'm yeah. dancing around a lot of things but the question i want to ask you is you got to the point where you went to your mom and you apologized right and didn't demand an apology from her right so there was multiple facets to this thing where you are choosing in your heart to let right. her off the hook right and then also you're going to her 
to own up for the things that you did exactly. deserved or not they right. they were unkind yeah <laughs> and so how yeah, how, let, do, let how does somebody practically let, let me dive go in there with, with a couple things here first of all um, I can only be responsible for what I can do right I cannot make mom change I, right. I can't make up for her past mm-hmm. uh, I can't even I could demand everything I, I would want, and whether she did it for a moment, she would do stuff, you know, later. So, right. so because I can't determine her life, I can only take ownership for mine. Then, even if I'm only twenty percent wrong, I gotta own my twenty mm-hmm. so that I can go forward uh, in life. Now, let me let me balance this whole thing with. I let her off the hook in the sense of I put her in the hands of God because my worldview right. is that forgiveness can only come through a relationship with Jesus, mm-hmm. personally forgiveness for what I've done. And my worldview is that I am not just letting her off the hook. I'm putting her back into the hands of God Almighty who ultimately will determine her destiny in mm-hmm. life based on what she, how she responds to him. I'm not letting her off the hook, really. I'm mm-hmm. putting her in the hands of God, right. and I believe God is more able to deal with her than me. Right. So Powerful. basically, I'm deciding also not to be God for her. Mm. All right, now, yeah. the third point's really key here, because this is where it gets a bit confusing for people. That doesn't mean that I that we don't put boundaries on people that act inappropriately. Exactly. Right? So we uh, when we started having kids, mom was still a broken person. And so we wouldn't spend more than 24 hours at my home. We wouldn't leave our kids alone with her. Um, I loved her. I honored her. But she didn't change just because I forgave her. Um, And therefore, we had to put appropriate boundaries on our relationship uh, to protect our kids from what we thought was hurtful to them. Um, If she would have done something that broke the law, we would have extended grace to her and given her a chance to turn and and repent or or make it right. If she didn't, we may have had to call the police if if it would have gotten to that point. So just because we put forgive somebody doesn't mean we still don't have appropriate boundaries for people. Does that make sense? So so if there there are unjust laws that need uh, to be uh, contended for, dealt with, and work through our uh, legislative processes, we should contend for those laws that we think are righteous versus those that are unrighteous. But when we go into bitterness and unforgiveness as a tool Mm -hmm. to get there, uh, we'll end up being just like them. And even if you get your way, there's so much brokenness that it multiplies out, it'll show up in another way. So it's how we do it, not necessarily even what if we do it and you need boundaries so if you're like even i know that there's people listening to this who you're in a broken relationship you may uh, be in a marriage that, that you've uh, you're separated right now or you're walking away from or you've been living with somebody for a long time and all that and they're and you're in an abusive relationship and right. you're listening okay i need to forgive them right you're right you need to forgive them but if they are abusing you you need to create space right. and boundary for their sake, yeah, because they they don't need to keep hurting people, yeah, and for your own sake, and especially if you have a kid, for your child's sake. So, boundary doesn't mean unforgiveness. Mm-hmm. Uh, boundary is appropriate. God yeah. puts boundary on us. Right. Uh, if you're a good parent, you put boundary on your kids, not because you dislike them, but because you do like right. them, right? <laughs> yeah. And ultimately, people having to live with the consequences of their actions is healthy because that consequence 
gives them that awareness that something's wrong and something needs to change. Right. So, um, so again, yeah. there's, therein lies the balance. I'm putting them in the hands of God. I've quit being God. Right. I'm taking ownership for my stuff because I have this one life to live, and i got to mm-hmm. live it free. Yep. And appropriately so, I'm putting boundaries on people that are hurting others, yeah. even if they're as well as myself, in order that they might find mm-hmm. a new path in a new way. Right. Yeah. The way I heard uh, my dad actually said one time, he said that forgiveness and reconciliation aren't the same thing. Yeah. And I think there's a Good. difference between forgiveness and relationship. Yep. Like just because I forgive you doesn't mean we're in relationship. Yeah. Just because I forgive you doesn't mean everything's reconciled. Sure. There, those are wholly separate things, but there's that heart yeah. issue of that putting hands of God. I'm so, letting go of them. It, it's the deal is if you wake up every day with that person on your mind, right? or you're trying to prove something, or you're trying to get back at somebody, or you find yourself mm-hmm. wishing evil of somebody, the scripture says, pray for your enemies mm-hmm. and bless them. Yep. Yeah, forgive and release. That Those those issues are have to happen. Yeah. So, Again, that doesn't mean that we feel great every day, right? But we have to declare it and release some. There's every a day. starting point, yeah. You know, so Absolutely. I want to take this whole everything we're talking about. Yeah. We're talking about kind of some thirty thousand foot level type of sure. stuff. I mean, some obviously yeah. really practical things, but zoom in a little bit to just this idea of choosing who you surround yourself with. Yeah, absolutely. Because you mentioned it about that uh, that night at UT. Right. Who are you going to surround yourself with? Right. We're talking about it with forgiveness, relationship, yeah. reconciliation detaching from your past in certain yeah. areas, boundaries. I mean, we're hitting sure. on a lot of different things here. Yeah. So you told your story of change started to happen in your life, right. 1920, right? Yep. 18, 19, mm-hmm. 20. 18, 19. Okay, so that initiates lots of changes along right. the way. So just even some practical things. What what did you, what, how can you, how do you, how do you coach and encourage young adults who, it is such a life stage of sure. deciding what direction am I going. Yeah. On how do you pick well who to surround yourself with? Because even when you forgive people, it doesn't mean we're friends with everybody. Sure. You sure. chose to not go to UT to be around sure. certain influences. Sure. Not that they weren't somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, Maybe you get course. what I'm saying. Yeah. But just some thoughts on how to setting trajectory for who yeah, we surround you know, ourselves I, with. I would say this to anybody, right, that's listening, believer or not, um, is the book of Proverbs really is from uh, is the wisdom of the ages mm-hmm. uh, and the wisdom of God. Many of our phrases come from the book of Proverbs, even in our culture that you mm-hmm. may not be aware of. Right. And the book of Proverbs affirms over and over again that um, bad company corrupts mm-hmm. and good company builds up. That's a paraphrase of right. several passages. <laughs> um, and that um, we have a need to be around the people that we feel are going to take us where we want to go in our hearts and our attitudes and our lives, and we need to keep distance from those who walk another way. Mm-hmm. So simply put, everybody needs community, and everybody's made for community. Yeah, but your community is going to shape your destiny. Uh, you know, bad company corrupts good right. morals. So, um, so m- for me, it was there's kind of key factors. I want to be around people that love Jesus. Not just talk about Jesus, not just say, he loves the Lord, but I just mm-hmm. live a reprobate life. I mean, yeah. you know, I want to be around people that love Jesus because I know that we can talk about the same thing. I want to be around people that have humility and not arrogance. You know, there's a scripture that says, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. 
I want to be around humble people because mm-hmm. I want grace. Yeah. I don't want resistance yeah. from God. And so people love Jesus, people are humble, and people that uh, want to stick it out together, that don't want yeah. to pull out because somebody did something, that don't throw temper tantrums and walk away from each other. You know, uh, not to get off here a little but uh, not off, I'm not going to get off, but uh, to go a little direction <laughs> yeah. here. Here's what people say when it comes to uh, uh, Christ-centered community or, um, you know, godly community. When, when people get upset, and let's say you're in a small group and, you know, you get upset, things aren't going your way, or somebody rejected you or didn't do something right, mm-hmm. is people say, well, I just need to take a little break from the God thing, or I just need to take a little break from community. Mm-hmm. And here's what I've seen 33 years, okay? If you say, I'm going to take a break, if you pull back, you will pull out. Right. And if you pull out, you'll get picked off. Yep. That's how it works. Yeah. Right? That Jesus often talks about him being the good shepherd and us being sheep. Mm-hmm. Right? And sheep move in herds. But in most cultures of the world where there are wolves, where that is the enemy, remember sheep and wolves travel together. The yeah. wolves are really patient. They just follow the herd until a sheep decides they're going to go their own way. They know better than the shepherd, I'm going to go eat over here, or I'm tired of these other sheep bumping around, uh, I'm going to pull away. And when they, the, the wolf just waits for somebody to pull out of community, and then they just get destroyed. Mm. So even just practical wisdom says, stay with the shepherd, Jesus, yeah. stay with a healthy herd, a healthy community. Right. And when you're bumping around and right. and you're frustrated and somebody ate your grass or you know <laughs> drank your water or yeah. whatever, right. yeah. instead of pulling out, you stay in, yeah. right? Because the, 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 the community itself uh, is what is strengthening, it's what's uh, there for you, it's what makes you not alone, uh, it's what you wrestle through life with. Right. And again, I'm not saying that there isn't even appropriate times to shift communities, mm-hmm. even in a, uh, a church or, or, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but, but your need for community and for righteous community is the greatest tool for your life personally, for your future relationships, and even networks practically for right. the kind of people you want to work with uh, in a community. Yeah, so, no, I, I think that's so good. And um, we'll kind of wrap up this episode here in just a second. But I think that what you're hitting on is so good because there, what, I, what I've been trying to – over the last few years, what was big helpful for me, I had people encouraging me in this, and the people I've seen stay on the trajectory they want to go is really – I think that that's a helpful word – is looking down the line farther than – the next six months or the next 12 months and saying or the next six minutes right, right. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> what what's the trajectory i want of my life right. and looking at uh individuals communities whatever with that perspective of in choosing who am i gonna who am i gonna follow surround myself mm-hmm. who are the influences gonna be mm-hmm. because they re- like the people who are around you i mean everybody says it because it's true it's like they true. really do define yeah. so much of who you are who you become and where you go and i think right now it's so it, there's so much we talk about this almost every episode but there's right. so much tension in these 18 to 20s 18, through yeah. your 20s of sure. like you feel like you have to have all the answers now everything figured out now and so it's so easy to just chase flashy things and you know that you're 23 and there's a 26 year old who has something in life that you want and so you just latch on to that person and it's like well maybe that one thing was fine but it's not the thing 
Yeah. And so much of what we talk about and what you've been talking about, you've been using the word worldview. That's come up almost every time sure. we've had a conversation is focusing not on who are, what do you have, what's your job, all of those sort of things, which are the surface level things that seem sure. that that seem like they're demanding the most attention right now. Right. You got to dig deeper and take the time and space and intentionality in life to decide what's my what's my framework, what's my yeah. foundation, right. what's my worldview, and what's the trajectory I want to go on. Because you aren't just living for the next six minutes, six months, 12, 12 months. You're trying to build a life. And, yeah. and it's your yeah. re- personal responsibility sure. to own that thing and make these decisions for you. Hey, could I give a couple yeah, of last please. thoughts, yeah, practicals, yeah. Uh, uh, in the wrap-up? Yeah. And that is um, one of the best things this older, wiser guy said to me one time. He said, I refuse to marry myself to the fad of the present, fads of the present, mm. so I do not become a widow in the future. Wow. I'll think about that. There we go. I refuse to marry myself to the fads of the present, whatever the latest thing yeah, is totally. or the latest person is, so, good. so that I don't become a widow in the future. Because wow. when Powerful. the fad moves on, when? I'm left with nothing. Not if, when it moves when? on. And my one action point, wherever you are listening to this, stop, read a proverb a day for so the next good. 31 days. Yeah. And ask God the question, God, what is the right worldview? And even if you're not a believer, how should I live my life based on the wisdom of the ages, not the fads of the present? So good. So good. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We're going to pick this up and keep digging into um, how to be great adults, 18 to 29. I'm just excited now in our next conversation, Jimmy. I'm looking forward to pulling out some wisdom you found for – I think we've been talking a lot about foundation. Now getting into some of the practicals of navigating all the changes Mm -hmm. that happen in this stage of life and the people you've seen make it and head on that trajectory they want to go to, whether it's professionally, relationally, all these sorts of things. So make sure you tune in to the next episode. Have an incredible day. We love you. And uh, we'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Passion and Purpose, a podcast with Jimmy Seibert and the Antioch Movement. For more information, please visit jimmycybert.com and antioch.org. We'll see you next time.